0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to what would be episode 183 of the Social Liability Podcast. Unfortunately, we are having some scheduling issues this week. So, that resulted in two podcasts getting messed up. Uh, The first one being the Social Liability Podcast. Buck is unfortunately uh, dealing with some stuff at his house right now. I've got some time constraint issues. Uh, We also have a second podcast that I used to be a part of, and now Buck and Sadar do, called The Subcockles of Reddit. That did not release on Wednesday like it normally should, and I am just now uh, fixing some minor edits that had to happen. Typically, we record them live. We don't really edit the episodes that much, but uh, something occurred with this one. I had to, and it's just just now getting pushed out. So I would invite you to please listen to The Subcockles of Reddit, episode 42 here on the special crossover episode of the Social Liability Podcast. If you like what you hear, go over, listen to that podcast as well, hit the subscribe button, and uh, hopefully you enjoy. Uh, That being said, folks, we should be back next week with a regular episode of the Social Liability Podcast, and hope to see you all there. Thanks.
1: Welcome back, folks, to episode forty-two of the Subcockles of Reddit with Buck and Sadar, your one-stop station for online vindication. I am Buck, and she is Sadar, and we are going to bring you some uh, some stories from the Subcockles of Reddit. We've gone elbow deep into the bag of dicks, and uh, and I think we might have that and some relationship advice. Anything else on the menu today, Sadar, or is that uh, pretty par for the course?
2: Just people with relationships falling apart and raging assholes. That's what we've got on the lineup. That's our bread and butter, Buck.
1: Oh my gosh, you know what? Let's do it. I can't wait. Okay.
2: Well, diving into relationship advice from Throw Our Way R.A. Misery Toilet, my 29 male girlfriend, 27 female, of five years just got over cancer. I supported her through it entirely Worked remotely and passed up some opportunities to support her and take care of her. She just asked for space and I haven't heard from her in six weeks. Um, I reached out because I wanted to respect her request. Or I, I haven't reached out because I wanted to respect her request. Now she's deleted all pictures of us. And, uh, with lovey-dovey captions on social media. She had said she still loves me. She just doesn't know what she wants and needs to find what makes her happy. But it feels like she's just discarded me for the easy, uh, in the easiest way possible. Obviously, we had COVID lockdowns and then were locked down with cancer, so it had been a while since we had real fun, but we used to have a lot and be really strong. I care about her a lot or I wouldn't have stuck by her, obviously, but this feels terrible. We had moved to a new state right before COVID, and the only friend she has, really, that isn't also a friend of mine, is a toxic co-worker who just went through a really tough breakup. I'm sitting here because I feel like I got no closure, so do I move on, or do I work with myself and assume she will reach out? Any advice would be great. What say you, Buck?
1: Oh, wow. Just a clarifying question. Was he the cancer patient, or was she? She was. She was, and he stuck around and supported her for five years, and now she's gone off to find what makes her happy.
2: That is is correct. Is that about... You understand correctly. Sorry, I was trying not to reread the first paragraph twice, because the first paragraph is also the extremely long title of the, uh, the article. Okay, okay. Okay. So
0: uh I don't know what to say about this one. Um I
1: mean, I'm chronically ill and I have a caregiver and you know what you described is kind of like one of my worst fears on the other end, you know, for something like that to happen to me being the disabled guy, but being the supporter and then having the sick person dump you. I mean, I—that's I, what this looks like to me. I—I yeah. I, don't—I—I I, I am unable to see it in any other way, other than you are being systematically removed from this person's life. And I don't think I'm the best person. Like Sadar, do you have a different spin on this, or is—or is this really like what what it seems to be?
2: No, that I think you're understanding totally correctly.
1: Yeah, I I have no advice for this. Um, people are cruel. People are cruel. I I I I I almost feel as if I'm in your shoes right now. Like I I feel taken advantage of for you. Like that that stings, brother. That stings, man. Uh, my honest suggestion would be to move on. And, you know what, hopefully hopefully you can find something that makes you happier. Um, and I know you love her a lot, but look, look how much you mean to her. And that's the thing that hurts me the most for you, man. Like, look, you supported this woman through thick and thin, and then she just ghosts you. Uh, I just... Wow. Uh, definitely... Definitely move on. Lick your wounds. Uh cut all contact with her. Don't try, don't, don't let her get in touch with you anymore. Um it's it's not fair. Uh you know, you've been you've been around for six weeks. You've been trying to get clarification. You have got none. And now she's removing all social media posts, all everything, erasing your life together over the last five years of, as if like, you know, the whole cancer thing, like she just wants to forget it and you're a big part of it. And I think that's extremely selfish of her. And yeah, uh, definitely, definitely listen to whatever Sadar has to say, because I'm about to cry for you, bro. Go, go ahead, Sadar.
2: I Well, first I want to say taking this post at, at just what it is. Assuming that there's nothing going on in the background that OP is not telling us about like I don't know, lording everything that he's sacrificed for her over her which he doesn't mention having done, so we're going to assume that that kind of behavior didn't exist in the relationship. My advice to OP would just be part of what he asked at the end. Do I work on myself? Yep, that that's it. I would encourage you again. Um, seems like half of the advice I give is find a counselor, find someone that you can talk to about your experience and how you're feeling about it, and um, No matter what what the uh, past five years were like, don't let this experience sour you. Don't punish future people for your experience in this relationship. That's half the reason why I I would encourage you to go uh, pursue counseling. The other half is... There may have been dynamics in the relationship that were unhealthy for one reason or another that you were simply unaware of. And speaking to a, a non-biased individual may help you find those and fix them before you um, possibly get back together with your girlfriend, if that's what both of you want, or before you move on to a different relationship. It's really hard to tell exactly what brought about the end of this relationship because it really does sound like the end it's entirely possible that your girlfriend may come back to you sometime and uh in that situation it'll be entirely up to you as to whether or not you allow her back into your life but on the surface it certainly sounds like you got a horribly raw deal here but um
0: a good sometimes
2: point. people suck and sometimes people do take advantage of the kindness of others. And that is equally possible here. So if that's what that's what transpired, sir, I'm very sorry for you. Uh, I would just strongly encourage you to make sure that you don't let this experience sour you so that when you do find somebody worthy of the type of care and concern that you've you say you've expressed in this relationship you're ready for that person and you're ready to give them everything that you gave to your most recent girlfriend does that sound yeah. fair to you, Buck? And
1: I think it does and I think it's also a good time to remind everybody that we pass out the benefit of the doubt because we only get one side of the story Yeah. so You know, Sadar makes a good point. You appear to be a choir boy, and if that is the case, again, all my pity, heartfelt sorrow, all the way. However, if there's some accountability issues that are underlying within this post that you have not disclosed to us, as in, like, you need to be accountable for something, I also suggest you look inward. However, uh, working on yourself and seeking the advice of a counselor... Is definitely way with the 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 proper way to go about this.
2: Yeah. So, uh, what do we got up next? All right, up next from Throw R A R J C T D or S X. Situationship. Thirty male rejected me twenty nine fe- or twenty eight female for sex. Need your opinion hello everybody sorry in advance for the grammar mistakes as english is not my first language so to give you some context i met a guy when i was in high school and from the moment i saw him i was attracted to him honestly he was my high school crush we just spoke to each other from time to time and that was it we never talked again until one year ago that he followed me on ig i guess instagram and i followed him back so we were like hey let's go out for dinner and catch up We did go out for dinner, and everything went good. We didn't see each other again, but we were flirting by messages. Then we met again uh, the beginning of this year. He came to my house and had some drinks, and we talked. Nothing happened. We didn't meet so frequently because of his job. He's really busy, and honestly, I'm busy as well. I'm only free on weekends. Anyway, we met again. He came to my house had some drinks, but this time we kissed, and things got hot. We were so into it, but honestly, I wasn't ready to have sex, so I told him to slow down, and that it was too soon. After that, we met again uh He came to my house late at night. We didn't have any drinks; we just talked and kissed now. the next time he comes is the same. he comes to visit me late at night again, we don't uh, drink anything. We were talking and kissing, and this time. I decided to make it happen so things started to get hot again and he doesn't stop he did sexual stuff to me but when i told him that i want to do more things he said i don't think that's convenient i asked him why and he said i didn't bring condoms so i told him that i have some and then he told me that no because in past occasions i told him that he needed to control himself because he was going too fast and i said okay but right now i'm telling you i want to I didn't push him anymore, so we were just in bed and he was hugging me. After some minutes, he was like, I gotta go. We haven't talked since then. It's common because we only text like once or twice a week. I'm not going to text him because he rejected me. I just want to know your opinions. Why is he acting like this? What do you say, Buck?
1: Uh My immediate reaction to this, if I were to be putting myself in his shoes, is fear. Um. And, and you know, I would be afraid of being baited by a woman. Like, I would, I would be very paranoid and suspect of a girl who was hot and heavy, then cut me off, then got hot and heavy, was ready to go. I didn't have protection because I walked in there expecting to just have to take a little bit more time than one extra date. And then she's great got condoms I would be very suspicious of those condoms I'd be afraid that there's like a hole in them I'd be afraid that she's like trying to bait me into something again you know I'm just a paranoid guy you know that's that's just me like maybe he wants his own armor you know I mean like that's and that's that's perfectly acceptable and like I said that's that's immediately where my mind went I don't know if I'm just too stoned you know, I might just be like stoned and paranoid a little bit for you, but uh, you know, I I I think that that is what what his problem was. So I uh, I would I would take I would take a second to just kind of like clear the clear the air, maybe sit down and have a discussion. Like I know, it, like we're in two thousand twenty one, okay. Or 2023, excuse me.
2: We're,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. We're, See, in, look, we're look in one of those years. We're in one of those yeah. years. Look, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're in the 21st century. Okay? Yeah. That's long short of it. We're in the 21st century. Whether it's 21 or 23, the rules of the game haven't changed. Sit down and have a damn discussion. You're both fucking grown-ass adults. 28 and 30 years old. You should be far past little high school drama, cat and mouse, bait the hook you know, sink it and reel them in like, fuck all that noise. You don't need that shit. He doesn't need that shit. And you know what? If somebody just needs to sit down and open this can of worms up and just figure it the fuck out. That's That's honestly what I would do. If it's got to this point where now the shit's fucking awkward but you're attracted to each other, I think that before you even roll the dice on the monopoly board of sexual fucking promiscuity... You should have a discussion. That is my recommendation. Because that way you find out flat the fuck out. No, 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 no smoke, no mirrors, whether he's into it, whether he's not, whether he likes you, whether he doesn't this, that, the other thing. And you can explain what your rationale was, you know, like I was being, you know, I was just making sure, you know, because that's your decision as well. Don't make me sound like don't don't let me sound like you're you're being wishy-washy or anything like that. It all starts with consent. And the best way to get enthusiastic consent from somebody is to just put it all out on the table, show your fucking hand, and be like, well, what do you got? Are you in or are you out? And then you know what? Everybody has a good time. You don't even have to set expectations at that point in time. You get to set boundaries, and boundaries are fun to get to, you know. Like, come on, you know, just just a little adulting on this, and and I think that uh, that it might just spice everything up and really smooth everything over. What say you, Sadar? To my stone ranting.
2: Well, I'm glad that you mentioned the um, potential distrust of what she had in her dresser drawer, because that was one of the first things that i thought of but the nature of the nature of this post makes me also question whether um maybe he is just confident that they are looking for different things um she's confused because he keeps coming over to her house late and when he tried to have sex with her She said she wasn't ready okay she shared a boundary he respected it things continued to um, play where they're both busy people but they get together on occasion to talk and make out that boundary to me communicates that for her having a physical relationship means something beyond just having fun with a physical relationship maybe that's all he wants and he recognizes that for her it would be something more and now he's trying to be respectful in that he's just not that into you. I think that is also very possible here. Maybe he's busy, he doesn't have time for a bunch of um, commitments in a relationship. He was just looking for somebody to have a little bit of fun with. You filled that need for him and now... Things are starting to appear as though you might want more and he doesn't have the will or time or interest to give you more and you're confused and he is nervous. I think that's also entirely possible from what's described here.
1: hmm Yeah. And you know what? The best way to bridge the gap between this misunderstanding is communication. And I think that, again... Lay your cards out on the table and see what the fuck is up, and make a decision after everybody after everybody exposes their hand. that's that's my that is my suggestion. I wouldn't say advice. I would not call it that, but a very strong urging is what I would want what I would call that.
2: Just ask him what he's interested in and if it doesn't match what you're interested in. Well, you're not compatible. Leave it at that. God. All right.
1: I still can't believe I said 2021.
2: Yeah.
1: Where the fuck did...
2: Well, to be be fair to you, Buck, the last three years have been a bit of a blur. It's just kind of rolled into one really long month.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. All right. Hashtag retirement. What do we got up?
2: All right. One more relationship advice from... Uh, Arta underscore S. My 34 male father, 36 male, has Bell's palsy and isn't handling it well. I am the oldest of four children. My youngest sister, 26 female, lives part time at my home with my parents, 36 male and 59 female, while the rest of us, 34 male, 33 male, and 29 male, live in various cities nearby about an hour's travel away. We are a a close-knit family and each of us calls our parents at least once a week on average. About five months ago, my father started showing symptoms of and was diagnosed with Bell's palsy. This has manifested by him losing most of his hearing in his left ear, a noticeable droop on the side of the face, and very significant deterioration in his sense of taste, and a general low-grade level of exhaustion. He is really not handling this change well. He has been really down since this started and has not shown a lot of interest in things that he used to love. He even made a really scary offhand comment about a week ago, something along the lines of, What's the point of living like this anymore? to my mom when he couldn't enjoy his food because of the sense of taste deterioration. Frustratingly, although he has continued to at least go to the doctors, he is so far refusing to do therapy, neither physical nor psychological. He has always been pretty stubborn, and I don't think he he was ever the biggest fan of psychological help, even though he supported me through years of therapy. The doctors put him on a steroid again in the hopes that it will improve some of the Bell's uh, symptoms, and that has led to some really nasty side effects of not being able to sleep through the night and a persistent general malaise. I'll be honest, I'm scared. My dad has always been a rock, and although we might not have the most emotionally open relationship, we are very close. However, he's the one who is always there for me, at least on the serious stuff. I've tried, but it's never the other way around. He just won't lean on anyone else. I am in a great place emotionally and practically right now, and have the capacity to be there for him. I just don't think he will let me. I'm heading home tonight after my mom texts Texted me today mentioning how particularly down my dad has been because of the steroids. What should I do or say to help my father? What do you think, Buck?
1: Uh, I don't have any expertise in Bell's palsy, but I do have quite a bit of expertise in motivating somebody who is disabled. And Bell's palsy, it seems like your father has suffered quite a bit of disability from it, and here's what I would tell your dad, especially as stubborn as he sounds. I would look at him, and I would sit him down on the couch, his favorite chair, at the table, whatever, put his favorite drink in front of him, whether it be water, Coca-Cola, or whiskey sour. Look at him and be like, Dad, you listen to me and you listen to me real close. You raised me to be a fighter, not a quitter. And I'm not going to let you be a quitter. So, you're going to stand up and you're going to fight this. Or you're going to sit down and you're going to sit up straight and fight this. Whatever your father's situation may be. And he's got to fight. You want to know why? He is literally obligated to for himself. What's the point in living? To see tomorrow. You never know what you're going to get. Tomorrow's got things that you have no clue. It could be the end of humanity. It could be the beginning of a new era. Who the hell knows until you get there. And you better be here to find the fuck out. And you better be in the best fighting form that you can be in. If you give this Bell's palsy one inch. It will take a fucking mile from you. You will lay down you will deteriorate and you will crumble away into oblivion and nobody will be able to do anything about it because you won't fight for yourself. Everybody will rally behind you, all the wagons will be circled, and everybody will share as much of the burden of these problems that you have as long as you fight for yourself. Dad, I need you, and so does everybody else in this family. Please, please. Rally with me and fight this disease. Let's get you as much back as we can because we can do it. And that's where I would stop. I would drop the microphone. There's your Kevin Costner speech. Please play this recording back because that's a good one. I've rehearsed that one. I've had that one. That is an arrow that I put in my personal motivational speech quiver for people who are struggling With anything in their lives. Because if you give it an inch, it'll take a fucking mile. And whatever it is, whatever it is that a person is fighting, whether it be Bell's palsy, depression, anxiety, whatever it is, it's already taken enough from you. Why give it more? Why not fight back? You need to be your best friend, not your own worst enemy. That's another one that you can tell your dad too anything to add to that sadar
2: i think the father here the 63 year old dad the the hardship that he's experiencing is accentuated and compounded by the fact that our culture i'm assuming that this was posted by an american um is really really has a horrible track record of not just encouraging but permitting the emotional um, the emotional development of men. Men are supposed to be stoic and hard and not need anyone or anything, and they're supposed to be independent. And that is not the way our, our species has evolved. And it, it does a real disservice to half of our population. And I genuinely do not think that one conversation is going to break 63 years of conditioning in your father. But I think a honest um, expression of a lot of the things that you posted about here, of how much you admire your dad, how uh, strong he has been for you, and how that has helped you become a a strong and emotionally developed young man um, would be a good pathway into... Explaining to your dad that because he was there for you and because he let you find the emotional center that you needed and the strength that you needed, you are not just able, but want to try to help your dad through the shit hands he's been dealt. Yeah, I, I don't want to diminish Buck's speech whatsoever, but I think giving some context to, um, one, explaining what, to your dad why it's so important to you that he lets you help him. Um, might put a chink in the armor that he spent th- uh, 63 years building around himself. And I would also reach out to your mom. Because a lot of those Stoic men, if they open up to anyone, it's going to be their life partner. And let your mom know that if she needs you as a a crutch while she tries to carry her husband you're you're there to help her as well as a um, as an indirect way of helping your dad but i'm beyond that i'm sorry that your family's dealing with this i wish you and your dad and the rest of your family all the best and good luck to you it's it's gonna be heavy lifting for a while i'm sure
1: absolutely absolutely and i mean like you know i wish i could tell you how to get in touch with me personally because i totally have like a whole list of benefits of being handicapped and and i think that like for comedic value your dad would get a kick out of it i mean like seriously you know just just remind just just keep reminding yourself being handicapped is not hard being handicapped sucks okay and there's a big motherfucking difference (laughs) all right because there is nothing nothing hard in my life right now there's nothing hard in my life and for most people who are as handicapped as i uh, they don't have very many difficulties either don't let them fool you don't let them fucking tell you that it's hard it's not fucking hard. Anything I want, I look at my caregiver and I say, oh, this? And I get it. And I get it. I get it brought to me like the lord of a fucking castle on a silver platter. I mean, like, we gamify that shit, my caregiver and I. We are fucking cool about that. My life isn't hard at all. I don't even shit for myself anymore. It's beautiful. <laughs> it's It's glorious. It's glorious. Okay, being handicapped ain't fucking hard, but being handicapped fucking sucks. Okay? And just remember to separate those two realities. Okay? Because if you if you look at it from that perspective, it'll be a lot easier to lend a helping hand. You know, like managing the difficulties you you you, you got that. As long as they don't have a hard life you're good. You know what I mean? There's nothing you can do about their life sucking ass. But then you can make it zero difficulty. So just remember that too.
2: And just shout out shout out to caregiver Katie because <laughs> handicapped isn't hard for Buck.
1: But- no. But... <laughs> What did I say? My life isn't hard. My life.
2: I just wanted to give a shout out to, you know, the deliverer of every
1: Coke. Oh, (laughs) absolutely. Oh, my gosh. And she makes the best peanut butter sandwiches and banana bread. And she'll even do it naked if I wanted to. Okay, let's
2: move on to Am I the Asshole? (laughs) Yeah. All right, Remarkable Mind 6435. Am I the asshole for being upset about my boyfriend's money situation? Uh, nothing can r- ruin a relationship quite like money, can it, Buck?
1: Oh boy, can it.
2: All right, my boyfriend and I moved from my apartment near New York City to a more rural area for many reasons, but the main one being his money would go further out here. He interviewed at a bunch of places, got offers for four jobs ranging from $17 an hour to $20 an hour, and he decided to take the $17 an hour job because it seemed better for him. Just for transparency, I do make more money than him. I'm salary and make about 125k uh, a year, but we moved here so his financial situation could be better. We've now been here nearly six months, and he has yet to pay any bill on time. I will usually pay all the bills, and then he'll pay me back when he can, which tends to be about two months after the due date. He also has never bought groceries in the time we've been here. I've always been the one to buy groceries. That in in itself doesn't really rile me up too much. It's not ideal, but I can get over it. But what he does pisses me off and that he's decided to start a new fad diet and is asking me to buy him a grocery cart with everything he needs so he can buy the food for it. Meanwhile, he hasn't paid a bill since April and has never bought groceries for the house. That pisses me off and I've brought it up to him and he freaked out and said he feels like he's a prisoner and can't ever use his money to treat himself or do something he wants, which sucks, but I also don't feel like I should be shouldering all of the financial responsibility And then all of a sudden, he has money for groceries when it's for a fun diet he wants to try. We've gotten into similar arguments when he wanted to buy things like game consoles, get more pets, or even have a range membership. I'm all for spending your money on things that make you happy, but after all, your essentials are paid. Especially if someone is helping you out with said essentials.
1: Yeah, I uh, I don't think you're an asshole for being upset. Nope, not even a little bit. If what you are saying is absolutely 100% true, which I don't think that you're embellishing very much, I would have to really ask myself what the fuck is going on because I couldn't agree with you more. You should buy things for yourself, and you should buy things that make you happy after you've got your other shit paid first like you gotta have a roof you gotta have lights and you gotta have food okay and then you know all of your grievances there not having money for groceries until he wants to try a new fad diet or you know wanting you to pay for specialty food like that that's you you never signed up for that you know, and that's not how helping somebody works either. You know, you want to help somebody out, they gotta, they, you know, there, there needs to be an arrangement, there needs to be an agreement, and there needs to be some accountability. And it doesn't sound like there's any of that going on between you and your, your boyfriend. And, uh, you know, I, 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 would ju- I do not think you are the asshole.
2: I concur you are most definitely not the asshole your boyfriend on the other hand is a master manipulator that whole i feel like a prisoner i can't even spend my money on what i want that is such utter bs oh my gosh is that dripping with bs so um what i would want op to do is let's just let's just imagine Ten years in the future when you're married to this man and you have a joint checking account and you go to pay your mortgage for the month and you can't because your bank account only has $12 left in it because your boyfriend really, or I'm sorry, your husband really needed to buy a new boat to feel like he was alive. Because it sounds like that's the future you're building for yourself. If, if this guy can't pull his own weight and wants to put playing ahead of the standard uh, maintenance of a household, then this is not somebody to build a future with. I mean, I'm all for uh, sharing money, and as long as all the bills are paid... Have a little bit of uh, funny money to play with and enjoy life, because you can't you can't live to save, or else you'll just die rich with no no good memories. But that's not what your boyfriend's doing, and he's manipulating the hell out of you to use you and get what he wants.
1: Yep, couldn't uh, couldn't agree more. I would uh, I would be I. I'd be single. You're not the, you're, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. You're not the asshole.
2: No, no, definitely not. And I'm sorry you even have to ask. All right, from honorary Indian. Would I be the asshole for not bringing everything the host has asked me to bring for a party? I, 25 female, have a friend, 24 female, who is hosting a party barbecue this coming Saturday. I don't see her very often, probably four times a year. We're not super close, but she is one of the few friends I still keep in touch with from university. And I enjoy our friendship, so I don't want to do anything that would risk that. In case it is relevant, she is the only person I know at the party. Given this, when she invited me, I asked her if it was okay if my boyfriend, 25 male, could come as well, and she said yes. She has met him before. For some context, she invited me a couple weeks back, and in her invitation, she included a poster on the party details. On it, it said that it would be appreciated if people could bring some food items. A week or so ago, she sent me a list of items that people could bring. This list included parameters that looked a bit unusual to me, example, hamburger buns and patties, four packs max for each, condiments, party pack that has everything, but I figured this was for ideas and or to give general info on numbers. Further, the initial request appeared optional, so I thought whatever you bring would likely be acceptable. Anyway, I got back to her last week and asked if it was okay if I bring a fruit tray as my item, which was one of the items on the list. She, asked, uh, she replied and asked if I could bring two or three trays instead, as she expects there to be around 50 people coming. She then messaged again today asking me to bring two trays and a pack of beer instead of a third tray but I don't even drink beer something about this request is just off putting to me but I don't want to be rude so I'll at least bring two trays however I don't want to be I don't want it to be awkward if I don't bring what she's asked but to be honest this whole thing is kind of making me reconsider going after all I haven't replied yet but would I be the asshole for discarding her wishes yet still attending What do you think, Buck?
1: Um, I don't think that you would be the asshole for disregarding and still attending. However, if it were me, I just wouldn't fucking go at that point in time. I just wouldn't. It's... Yeah, I... I, Yeah, I wonder why... I don't think it...
2: I I wonder why it's so important to her to attend. I mean, if if it feels awkward... So, it,
1: it's... If you have to force it, it's probably shit. I mean, like... <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. <sighs> I, I just... you know. Is she only asking certain people to bring for everybody? I mean, if, if 50 people are coming and 50 people are bringing food, why does OP need to bring enough food for 50 people? You know what I mean? Right. It just seems... And that's
1: what I'm saying it seems really like, are you more financially stable than everybody else on the guest list? And you're just like the silent secret, not being told that you are a benefactor of this, of this whole soiree. Like that's, that's kind of what it <laughs> like. Oh, bring three fruit trays because we're going to have 50 people and uh, throw some beer on that list too. You know, Ha ah, no, yeah, no, no. I mean, uh,
2: no. I'm I'm happy to bring food to a a, a potluck like this that I don't eat. I'd, I've done that many times before. But fruit trays, for example, there's. Uh, I I won't touch watermelon, but I'm really good at cutting it up. So I'll cut up a whole watermelon and bring the little triangle slices to a a, a barbecue because it's easy to do and. You can buy enough watermelon for fifty people for five bucks. <laughs> you know what I mean. But right,
1: right, and, and and you know what? If you if you really really like the folks, you can splurge and get some toothpicks for those slices too.
2: Yeah. You know. Yeah.
1: You know, maybe 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 go to the party store, spend an extra three dollars on an artisanal platter. Eh. You know, like what whatever, but. Eh. Bringing being being shouldered with the responsibility of feeding 50 fucking people yeah I don't think you're the asshole and I just I don't think you'd be an asshole whether you attended either way I just wouldn't personally I would just scrap the whole fucking thing and be like nope
2: yeah I would think if it's a potluck then you know if one person brought enough if every person brought a family size something that would be more than enough food to feed everyone. I I, I mean, if this is like your best friend and you and maybe one or two other people are trying to provide the food for 50 people, then I can see asking you to bring multiple fruit trays. But I think your friend needs to also be upfront and honest with you and say, hey, um, I'm hosting this party, but I need help financing it and getting everything together. I hope our friendship's strong enough that you'll step in and be that help for me. But I'm I'm not seeing this here, so I don't know. It it's really weird to me. I think I would just uh come down with a sick kid or something. But
1: yeah. <laughs> not the asshole though. No, not, not an asshole.
2: No. No, but if if you feel like your friendship's strong enough, just Be honest about it and ask for clarification. Explain why you don't want to bring the beer. But definitely not the asshole.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point, too. If you're not going to show what they asked, I'd tell them to go properly fuck themselves before you show up at the end.
2: Yeah, and fruit trees are expensive.
1: I'll, I'll, I'll still come, but I'm not bringing all this shit that you asked for. I'm not paying for your fucking party.
2: That's like eighty dollars worth of stuff. Two two large yeah. fruit trays and a case of beer. I mean that's not that's not a cheap party to attend.
1: No. I mean like who 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 goes to a friend's party and has to pay a cover charge? Yeah. Yeah. Either way, we got anything else today?
2: UNAMAS. One more from Uno Mas. Uno uh Mas. Demons and Dragons 42. Am I the asshole for telling a kid about D&D? You ever played D&D, Buck?
1: No. But I have heard so much about it. I've read so much about it. I've seen the movies. I've read literature. All the books, all the how-tos, and I even have a set of dice and a kick-ass fucking dope crocheted bag for said D&D dice, but no, I've never played it.
2: Oh, back before I had kids and commitments and I was a young hip cool young once upon a time when I was young and cool I played D&D all right
1: you know what though man i mean like there's and people shit on that stuff a lot man like there's nothing I, you know what i'll i'll leave my opinions about d d till after after we read what what the fuck's going on here but go ahead what what do we got from this guy
2: all right am i the asshole for telling a kid about D&D I, 19 male, babysit for this conservative family in my town. I personally am very left-leaning, but I don't make a habit of involving politics with my work. I am also DMing for a D&D campaign with my friends. Super fun, love it. Just my luck, the parents called me up super uh, last minute to watch her son, 11, for a few hours in the same day I had a session. The gap was big enough that I could get there on time, but still had some planning to do, So I brought some materials I needed inside with me, including a laptop and a sketchbook, to finish up while I watched him. A while in, the kid asks me what I'm drawing, and I tell him it's an NPC for a story I'm writing. He then asks me, I shit you not, what is an NPC? Oh my gosh, this is an 11-year-old. Alright, this kid is 11, so even though he may not be playing games at home, I figured he should at least have heard of this term from his friends. Because if... Uh, because of the insult of being called an NPC by, because you're boring or whatever. That's okay, I explain it to him. We then proceed to jump down a rabbit hole of me telling him all about our tabletop RPGs and what I'm planning for this season, or this session. I pretty much nerd out for two and a half hours. The parents come back, I leave, everything seems good. Then I get a call from his mom telling me that they won't be hiring me again, ever. I ask why and she goes on a rant about how I taught her son to worship the devil and corrupted his brain with sacrilegious nonsense and how I should be ashamed of myself for ever bringing such a horrible thing near my child. I simply tell her playing games isn't sacrilegious and that I'm sorry she thinks so before being hung up on. I didn't answer her calls after that but she texted me paragraphs about how effed in the head i am and how i need to be baptized and cleansed and etc etc blah 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 the kid texts me apologizing for getting me in trouble i have his number previously approved by his parents and saying he thought my game stuff was cool i tell him not to worry about it and it's unfortunate his parents don't have the gamer mindset as a joke now his mom is more mad at me for putting that phrase in his head as if it's some evil mantra I want him to spread. I feel bad for the kid because his parents are really nutty, but I also wonder if I crossed a boundary by bringing that stuff inside their house. I mean, they asked a bit, and I told them I was writing stories and making characters, but I could have been more clear about it to get their approval. Am I the asshole? Uh, Edit. They had never expressed a distrust towards fantasy in general, just certain things like P.G.O. or P.J.O., and other Rick Rickroydian works because of their references to other mythology. The kid doesn't talk about fantasy or anything like that, and it's not around the house. They are minimalists, so there's nothing, uh, there's not really decor. So I had no frame of reference for the part, and honestly, I, don't, I didn't think to ask. What do you think, Buck?
1: I think in the very... And and this is the I, first off, let me tell you, I don't think you're an asshole. I, do, I really don't. Me personally. However, in the loosest of all contexts and, and 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 like not giving you the benefit of the doubt situations, I can see a a parent getting very offended over something like it's not it's not it's not for me to decide how or what a parent gets offended over, but how they react to it. That's, they were way out of line. You know, they don't want you pushing your beliefs on their kid, yet they're going to fucking throw their beliefs in your face about it, too. And, uh, you know, I think that it should have stopped with, I I know I'm saying a lot, but they should have talked to you about it, is what I think. A lot of people give Dungeons and Dragons a lot of shit, and you know what, I, uh, I have a very big problem with people who express disdain for others using their imagination to make the world a little bit brighter of a place, especially in such turbulent times. So that's my personal rant about it. In the very loosest way, you could have maybe be conceived of an asshole, like maybe like half out of five. Not like 2.5. I mean like half, like 0.5 point zero five out of five i mean like very loosely that's my opinion what about you Sadar?
2: i you were saying that we're in like 2021 2023 somewhere in that neighborhood i think everything old is new again i can remember when i was a little 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 sadar um My parents were totally in the D&D is Devil Worship bandwagon. And now Devil Worship is back everywhere. But I'm still a fantasy fanatic. I have very fond memories of playing D&D after I moved out of my parents' house. (laughs) And, um... Yeah, I I don't think OP is the asshole for telling the kid about it. I think OP just found out in a very unfortunate way that the uh, parents there are drinking the Satan is coming for your kid's Kool-Aid, and uh, uh, hopefully the kid keeps his number, and in seven years when... This kid is ready to escape the toxic environment that he's growing up in. He'll look you up for a uh, campaign or something. It'll so. happen
1: in three years. By the time he hits being a freshman in high school and starts telling his mommy and daddy to fuck off, he'll start playing D&D whether they want him to or not. He's going to be like him kick-ass rogue.
2: Yeah, it, believing D&D is dangerous is just... It's a level of fanaticism that's not mainstream, so I really don't blame OP for not assuming or even considering that it could be a problem. I mean, he was, it sounds like he was explaining how he goes about creating the fantasy story that his friends pretend to uh, interact in. I mean, that's what D&D is. You yeah. know, your dm
1: create and you know what it, it D is about as dangerous as napalm is safe yeah like you know jesus
2: definitely People not fucking... not the asshole i i don't think any of our am i the assholes were assholes this week that's is that usual for us normally we find more jerks but i think this week everybody's been pretty cool you know what though? I mean like it's that's okay. That's yeah. all right.
1: I mean like we're we're it's it's all right to not have an asshole every once in a while. They stink.
2: <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I mean, but with that being all said, you got anything else to add to this week's ADR?
2: A pleasure as always, Buck.
1: All righty. Well, folks, we're going to bring episode 42 of the Subcockles Reddit with buck and sadar to a close please make sure that you like follow subscribe do whatever you gotta do spread the word get the message out there that we are giving non-solicited actually we're giving very solicited relationship advice and giving non-solicited opinions on whether or not somebody is an asshole which actually they're solicited opinions as well so either way (laughs) tune in like follow subscribe spread the word tell a friend Carrier pigeon Smoke Signals, whatever you gotta do. And please make sure you leave us a comment. Tell us how we're doing. And again, folks, this is Buck. That is Sadar. And we are wishing you a wonderful, safe, and happy week.